Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rent and Grow. I'm your host, Tulio Siragusa. I invited back Ryan Hedden uh, to the show because I'm excited to talk to her. It's a bit of a continuation from my last conversation, but something that's really important and very relevant to a lot of people today, especially post-COVID. Ryan, welcome back. How are you? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me back, Tulio. Ryan, just to remind the audience and for those who are joining us for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. Can you give us give us a little background about you? Okay, great. I am a life coach, a spiritual mentor, a meditation teacher, and a hypnotherapist. And these are all modalities I use to work with people that come through as clients and people that I get the privilege to work with. And so um, that's what I do. And for myself personally, I've been on the spiritual path for 30 some years, which led me to India and studying with great masters and mentors and healers. And I really love what I do today to bring all of that together in the coaching space. Great. And it's great to have you back. As you know, I like to start with a little check-in just to kind of see where we are in our state of mind right now on a scale of one to 10. One, you need CPR. 10, everything is great. <laughs> Um, and then I'll check in after you. And I'm going to add a question to our check-in. And the question is, was there ever a time in your life where you thought you couldn't pull out of the situation you were in? Mm. And I'll go right after you. I, that is a very intriguing question. So I wanted to, <laughs> my mind just jumped to that. There are many. So I'm gonna, I'll say that first off. Um, where am I at today? I'm probably at a 7, 8 on the scale. And yes, there have been many times I felt that I couldn't pull out. And somehow I've always managed. <laughs> Great. I'm checking in as a nine today. Always mm -hmm. love doing this. Puts me in the right frame of mind. And um, there was definitely a time specifically in 2008, 2009, when a lot of people went through um, – financial hardship where I didn't think I could pull out of it. It took several years. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like I had lost my mojo, if you will, forever. And mm -hmm. uh, it was very dark uh, several years. I um, you know, obviously finally came out of that. But, but at the time, I didn't think I could pull through. So, um, and speaking of hitting rock bottom... <laughs> That's what we're talking about today, right? <laughs> right. Last time I had you on, we were talking about how to better manage stress, and which is very challenging for a lot of people, especially with COVID and our life has changed dramatically in the past seven, eight months. And there have been people who have really been hit hard, both physically in terms of their health and financially. And some people have lost their their companies, their income, their jobs, and are literally at that rock bottom place. So how do you uh, pull out of that situation when you've hit rock bottom? Well, I think the first thing is acknowledgement, knowing that acknowledging that this is really hard and I'm in a, I'm in a dark place. It's not pretending that it's not happening. It's not trying to mitigate the feelings by 
running over here and, you know, using this or acting out or using temporary fixes. So I think it's just really sitting in that moment and saying, wow, I'm here. I've hit that bottom. This is intolerable. And everyone's going to have a different measure of what that is for them. It might not be skid row for one person. It might be dropping out of a relationship. It might be a number below the, their, their financial, their bank account that they feel comfortable in. It might be losing their house. Everyone's got a different rock bottom. So I want to just say that right out. Um, and we can't compare apples to oranges. Everyone's, it's, it's a feeling. It's knowing this is, I'm in a place where I can't go down further. And I've used all the tools I can use that I have in my toolbox and none of them are working. So I feel like that would be a good definition of it in a sense. And so I think the first part of it would be to be saying that. I've done everything I can do with within this paradigm and I'm, I'm at the bottom of it and I can't really see my way out. So it would be acknowledging all the feelings that that entails. And then the next part would be moving into acceptance. Like this is where I am right now. I think a lot of us get stuck in railing against reality and saying it shouldn't be this way. It can't be this way. Why can't it be different? Why do I have to do this? Someone else is getting this and I'm not. That's where we spin our wheels is in that acceptance piece. So moving into saying, I accept it doesn't mean I like it, but this is what it is for right now. And then from there, you can work in some responsibility. To, so how can I pull myself out of this? What can I do? And then maybe, you know, we touched on this last time of seeking out different supports that maybe you've been unwilling to use in the past, thinking, I got this. You know, the ego is not going to get you through a rock bottom. The old ways of managing and coping in that comfort zone somewhere, I think anyone who lines up their rock bottoms is going to say, I had to grow. I had to reach for different tools and modalities and ways of being to jimmy myself out of that state of hopelessness, if you will, in a rock bottom. So there's a, there's a, a moment of grace that can open and maybe do things a little differently. So I feel like anyone who's sort of consciously moving through their life, they've had various rock bottoms, relationships, jobs, whatever those are, those contractions, those tightnesses. Um, I don't think tightnesses is a word, but we're just rolling. Right now, like, <laughs> those, those, those tight. Well, it certainly happen. feels like, you know, the world is tining in on you. It's like, definitely. Right, right, right. So everyone's had a moment of that. And so that, you know, that what got me into this, I'm going to have to become someone else to get me out of it. And um, that's where the magic is. And that's where not, I don't think that pain is the touchstone for, for progress. Some people say that that's the touchstone for spiritual progress. And I firmly argue with that. Cause I think if you're consciously moving through your life, you'll pick up flags on the field as they get thrown like, Ooh, this isn't working. Oh, this isn't working. You're paying attention. Maybe I can make an adjustment. So we don't always have to hit rock bottom, I think, but sometimes we do. And if we do, it doesn't mean you miss the flags. It just means this is, this is happening as it should in, in this kind of order amongst the chaos. And it's necessary at times for us to move about our business in a different way. So I think um, what I'm hearing is some people will sort of stay in that state and wallow in it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a paycheck for doing that, whatever that paycheck is, emotional, the, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, victim, not needing to take responsibility for yourself. You know, mm -hmm. it's, there's definitely some value get you get out of staying in that oy vey me state of mind, mm -hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to pay the bills if you've hit rock bottom financially. That's not going to, you know, take care of your family. That's not going to get you the relationship you want if you've hit rock bottom in a, in a relationship. And so you have, I get, you're saying you have to accept where you are. And, but what I'm hearing is also sort of, sort of this attitude of, okay, I'm here. What's next, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you balance that? Because there's some people who literally never actually go through the phase of like, okay, I'm here. I accept it. What's next? They literally just skip that phase and go to the what's next. Right. And and I think that's dangerous too, to just skip the phase of acceptance and maybe a little bit of mourning for why you're there mm-hmm. because, because you don't actually get the lesson, right? It's like, what's mm-hmm. next? What's next? And then- so how do you balance that out, right, in terms of how people should go through the process of acceptance and then saying what's next? Is there a time frame people should give? How do you help people through that? I think it's also getting curious about yourself. How did I get here? You know, so if everything is a context, and this is my value on a context for growth, right, because I'm a coach, so I'm about the personal development aspect of it for the most part. How do I move through this so this doesn't have to, I don't have to do this again? Because it's painful, right? It might be necessary, but it's painful. Is there, what got me into this? How am I here? What did, what were the elements within my personality? Because we're constantly creating our reality, right? We're not victims. We're creating these situations for maximum growth. That's, that's my perspective. It might not be everybody's, but um, certainly that's how I reframe things. Like this is here for me. So, and in a bottom, as painful as it is, most of us it's, are like treading water in a bottom. We're just like, you know, on the surface of the, of the water, just trying to survive. But what if you could dive deep into it and really excavate? How did I get here? There's no rush to get back into this comfort zone again. What if I could really embrace this? I'm acknowledging it. I'm moving into acceptance. I'm taking responsibility. And part of that responsibility is unpacking it. How did I get here? What do I want to create next that's different? you know, a different experience. Cause this, this, this is, I, I'm going to take all the learnings from this moment and take it with me. And cause it's going to change. Everything changes, right? We don't always stay stuck there, but we can spin our wheels and the railing against reality around it. Like it shouldn't be happening. But if we move into that part of it's happening for me and not to me, that's the responsibility part too, where we can collude with that idea and then create something great, get all the the learnings from it and then co-create the next thing, you know, so that that's, I think that's, I don't think there's a time on that, but I think they're not like you pointed out, not to sidestep it because it's fertile ground. You know, in the middle of season three, I had um, Dave Meltzer as a guest and I love how he always says, whenever you're challenged with situation, don't say, why is this happening to me? Mm. Say, say, I, I get to do this, right? Yes, I yes. get to overcome this. I get to overcome. Mm-hmm. And when life gets really hard, that means something great is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of us who have hit rock bottom in the past and have come out and reborn like the Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. It's easier to say that <laughs> because mm-hmm. you've experienced it. But for those people for the first time, maybe those listening right now, this is their first time that that's ever happened to them. You know, they, they've lost a loved one. They've lost their business, their, their job, you know, and, and it's, 
it's circumstances they couldn't control, right? It's mm -hmm. one thing mm -hmm. to say, I made some poor choices or I made some decisions that got me where I am. It's another thing where, you know, external circumstances created the outcome that, right. that you're in. Now, some will argue that says that even those external circumstances you brought upon yourself, you attracted those to put yourself. Why is it that you're in that situation and someone else isn't? Um, and I subscribe a little bit to that in the sense that everything that happens happens for me. Mm -hmm. But how do you help in your practice people that are literally like, screw you, this is, I didn't have anything to do with this. You know, what do you want me to take responsibility for something I had nothing to do with? How do you help them navigate through that sort of rejections of acceptance uh, mm -hmm. is what I call it. What's worked for some of your clients? I think the, the clients that are in that place somewhere, there's an intuitive knowing that this isn't, that belief is not a good deliverable. They're not getting peace. They're not experiencing the full uh, scope of what's in front of them. Uh, so I think that I would, I would try to reframe that into like, this could be a spiritual opportunity for you. You know, I mentioned I'm a spiritual mentor and I think all our human, you know, difficulties, whether we know it or not, they're all spiritual quests of sorts. So it might be a time to deepen that relationship to something greater, whatever that is to you to help reframe this. So you can move through the grief. So you can move through the victim mindset so you can move into trusting and that's a practice there's a whole slew of things we can't just snap our fingers and have that that faith you know it's not a religion it's a sense of spirituality that um i think most of us are craving and and wanting to uh, be able to lean into when uh the tides of life when our boat rocks because it's going to it's absolutely going to that thing that you count on that's going to be there for you always is not children grow up, husbands leave, um, girlfriends grow apart. Like it's just, you know, jobs, we get someone else gets that promotion. Those things that we put as anchors in the ground as um, this is going to provide security for me. It's not. And people on the other side of that understanding kind of then are on this shaky ground. Well, then what can I depend on? And this is where I like to talk about, well, what you can depend on is your relationship to yourself, your relationship to something greater, that relationship where you know that you are a spiritual being having a human experience. And none of this is all a play. This is all a dynamic, exciting, fun ride that we get to take as human beings. And if we can keep reframing it that way, it's it's very helpful. We can loosen our wanting to control and manage things. And then we can hit that bottom and not be you know, pulling tight on the reins back. No, it can't be this way. No, it shouldn't be that way. We can actually let go and say, okay, I'm feeling this right now. This is okay. This will pass. Let me just be in it. Let me be uncomfortable. Let me feel all the feelings of grief, of loss, of disappointment, all of it. And I think as a society, certainly people on the spiritual path sometimes say, if I'm feeling that way, something's not working. It's not right. And if you, if we can in that tightness, that first person going through their first bottom to just say, this is where I get to grow, that I'm out of my comfort zone. This is where I get to stretch myself in some way. And it's okay. This is part of this ride. Yeah. I always, I, I, I always say it's a gift, you know, uh, to actually experience that it means you, you've been chosen to work through something and create the, 
frequency to do it for everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if people started thinking about their challenges, opportunities for them to create the path for everybody mm -hmm. else, right? The minute I overcome something, because we're all connected, I create the path for you. I create the path for everyone else to overcome that same exact challenge. And I love the, the idea of being anchored with yourself because mm -hmm. we do tend to try to anchor ourselves in a job or relationship, a career or something, right? Something external. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're anchoring on, on movable ground. That's right. And, and eventually it's, it's going to wash us out. So That's right. um, such a powerful statement about being anchored within yourself. Speaking of being anchored with yourself, what are some of the things that you encourage people to do to shift away from anchoring to external things that are movable and, and into more being solid within themselves? Any practices that work very well? I think get a good sense of how you speak to yourself in a day. Really sort of tune in to that negative self-talk because we all have it. Everyone has it to varying degrees. Notice how you speak to yourself. It really dictates the quality of your life. So write some, jot some of those things down. See what, what's the climate you're marinating in. Because I guarantee if it's in, inhospitable, if it's unkind, if it's not compassionate, that is the lens through which you view everything else. So start there. And that's how you can drill down into you is to create a climate that's expansive, that's forgiving, that's loving. I'm going to use that word. That's loving and that's patient and tolerant. So I think those are, watch how when you make a mistake, how you, that contract, that tightness. You know, we wouldn't say things to other people <laughs> that we say to ourselves. So I think that's a really good place to start. And if you don't know, I mean, we have something of upwards of 60,000 unconscious thoughts a day, many of which are negative. So if you can't get a handle on those throughout your day because you're zoning out and you're doing other things, then write down, start journaling. I know everybody says it, but do it because that's how you can sort of get a sense of what's on your mind, what's going on, how are you feeling, what happens when you get triggered, what happens when you mess up, what happens if you're disappointed, how do you speak, how do you self-soothe? And so these are ways, these are tools to put in your toolbox of how to grow in relationship to you instead of just like a nice tenant. Like you should like yourself. Like, okay, that's great. But how? This is how, you know? Um, yeah, I love that. I love, uh, I'll never forget my, one of my spiritual mentors had me journal every day something that I was good at. Mm -hmm. Like just write something you did good that you're good at, right? And right. I, ha I still have this list that I journaled for months that I was things that I was good at. And, it, and sometimes mm -hmm. when I get to that place where your the self-talk is not very favorable because <laughs> we all, it always happens, right? right? No matter how yeah. much you evolve, there's always that moment where you're just like, what a dumbass to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I just pull that list down. I'm like, no, this is not who I am. This is who I am. This list mm -hmm. is who I am. And it recenters me back into believing in myself. And that's the other thing, too. Would you say some people, you know, it's hard for them to adapt to spiritual practice, especially if they don't believe mm -hmm. in an external force, right? But mm -hmm. in those cases, I would say, well, then believe in yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. Tap into the energy in yourself that is the best version of yourself. And journaling allows you to, to do that, right? Both. Definitely. Both to highlight what's what you're saying that's negative talk and also to highlight 
the good qualities you have. What mm-hmm. else? What else, Ryan? You know, I think speaking of writing too, is like doing a, a, a journal at night, you know, is a great thing, right? In like a ledger, like you would uh, running a business, you know, what were the, what were the, ass, what were the wins of the day? What were the, what would you carry over? How can you clean up in, in the 12 step world? They call it a 10th step. How can you do a personal inventory of what happened in your day? So you really keep your side of the street clean. And then when you start to feel that you're clear and clean within yourself, you're taking these actionable ways that you're, you know, keeping track of how your day went, what you could have done better, where do you owe an amends, what was a highlight of the day, you know, and then you can add on, you know, I think we talked about this last time, a gratitude list, 10 things that you're grateful for. You know, it builds, you're building up, you're putting money in the bank. So when that bottom hits, you've got this um, relationship to you that you can be able to coach yourself through it because your, your, your side of the street's clean. You know who you are. You're starting to be more forgiving. You're noticing where you're making amends to people. You're doing esteemable things, like truly, not just your productivity level or you know, your outer accomplishments, but building this personal development within yourself so that's, that's, those are actionable, clean, clear ways to, to build up that out, you know, and then do, do the meditations that everyone talks about. And everyone says they can't, you can, you can do five minutes of just noticing your breath, breathing in, breathing out, dropping past the thoughts. If you notice the thought, just come back to the breath. It really puts the ego <laughs> on notice that you're not the boss. You know, you are not running point on, and the ego doesn't want you to sit for meditation because it wants to run the show and it's really not your highest version of you. It's, it's a, it's a part of you. It's an aspect of you. But when you can touch into that in meditation, even just for five minutes and drop past those 60,000 thoughts a day, you understand that you are much, much more than a personality, than the person, than someone think who's thinking unconsciously. You know, it's, um, they all kind of, there's all these pieces of the puzzle that kind of click in together in such a, a beautiful way. Yeah. The eager is like a terrible twos toddler driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a good yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you said something really interesting about celebrating your wins, you know, in business, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. And we, we track the progress we make against our goals and we highlight the progress mm-hmm. we make and we share those with the people we work with. Uh, those wins are celebrated, one, to keep the momentum going, and two, to remind ourselves that we can achieve the goals that we've set out to achieve. Mm-hmm. But in our personal life, uh, we don't do that as often, right? And yeah. So would you recommend people should surround themselves with people they can go to to celebrate their wins, where they're not going to be judged for, like, showing off, right? Right. You know, um, in my men's circle, we have often done these check-ins where we say, okay, do you have any wins this week, right? And a win could be as mm, simple as mm-hmm. like, I had a conversation with my son who I haven't spoken to in six months, whatever that mm, was, right? Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a win. That's a big win, right? That's not yeah. showing off. That's just no. celebrating a win. And most of it, we did it to put these men in the frame of mind of reminding themselves that they're capable of growth, they're capable of succeeding, and it shifts the mindset in a place of gratitude. Um, how do you, would you recommend people uh, surround themselves with those individuals that they can create a let's celebrate our wins moments? You know, is that mm-hmm. something that's worked? And, you know, how, how do you do that? You know, I've, I've heard of people putting their little wins in, in ball jars and reviewing them. What's something that, that you have advised some of your 
coaching clients to do. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful thing. I love that you shared that. And we do so well in community like that. You know, we do so well when we meditate together or we're in a personal development group or a men's group. Like you, I have a, a women's group coaching and they all come back every week and share what their wins are and how they applied certain tenets in their life and what happened and how thing, things showed up and the miracles. And then another person hears that and it, it inspires them to have, be courageous and push something forward that they were scared to do. It's like we really are communal creatures that way. And so I, I love what you talked about. Create it in your family. Maybe you create a ritual that maybe, that, like you said, that bowl and everyone puts it in and at the end of the week you read them. I don't know. Those sorts of things in a family are beautiful. And then find your tribe. It's so, so important, certainly at this time. And these, you know, a lot of my clients came together to me and said, I, I would love to get together with the rest of your clients. And so I created this platform so we could have this women's group coaching because they're all going through similar things and it's been so isolating. So take care of yourself. Find like-minded people that you can create these groups with, right, Tulio? Like you have your men's group. Exactly. And I have my 12-step groups that I go to. And so this is, you know, we all have our places where we can not just celebrate our wins, but also be honest about and let out our feelings where it's, where it's not so great or where we're working or we're in process, you know? Um, and that's so just as important as highlights. We want to give the low lights too, so we can be real and stay um, connected. So we're not just like curating one, the good, you know, it's like all of it all together. I think um, you want to create a safe space to do that. Yeah, that is so key to find and create your tribe. You know, one of the things we've mm -hmm. talked about a, a lot is this idea of the relationship suck hole. And uh, what that basically looks like, it's this funnel where the lone wolf stays at, at the bottom of the funnel alone, right? And, mm. and then as you build relationship with your family, with community, with the world, you move up the relationship funnel, which creates more abundance in your life. So there's a direct correlation between mm. how much in relationship you are with creating a tribe and your prosperity in life versus mm. how much time you spend alone. So great words of advice. You've hit rock bottom. You know what? Face it. Don't be afraid of it. Accept it. What's next? And don't do it alone. That's right. Find the tribe, right? right? As we wrap up, any last words of advice in terms of how to come out of re reaching rock bottom, moving forward powerfully, and having that what's next attitude? Any last words of advice? I would say just bless that experience. And by that, I mean, stop fighting it. Just know that this is like you had said, this is your privilege. This is part of being on the path. It doesn't mean anything's wrong. You're right where you need to be. And it will get better. And that's sometimes those words are a bomb for the soul. When you're in it, you're just railing against it in the dark, it feels like, you know. So just knowing that anyone worth their salt has gone through a dark night of the soul. And they come out the other side stronger, better, have more to offer their community. And they're, they're, they know that who they are. And it, you can increase your confidence. You have all those opportunities in front of you. you take it. Ryan, it's been great to have you again. It reminds me of these beautiful words that one of my teachers used to say all the time. All chaos has an expiration date. <laughs> and that's it. You have to hold on to that. It will eventually <laughs> end and things do get better. It's great to have you again. Oh, thanks, Julia. How do people find you? 
I'm at, I'm on Instagram at Ryan Haddon coach and my website is um, ryanhaddon.com. Great to have you again. Thanks, Julia. Until next time, everyone stay safe.